Hi, you're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. Uh, Today, our host, Justin Wyatt, is actually in uh, India, mm-hmm. and uh, I am kind of taking over as host. I don't know that I'm officially the co-host and he's the host, but it kind of seems that it way. Does feel like that. Yeah. How did that happen? <laughs> I'm lead pastor. He's associate pastor. How did he it's take just, charge? It's an energy thing. It um, might be because I have no knowledge of technology <laughs> whatsoever. But speaking of knowledge of technology, we have our own Generation Z staff member. Am I going to take that? Am I going to take it? Gen- you are. I you am. are. Because Lucas is like slightly older than you, right? Yeah, but we were born in the same year. Oh. 97. Oh. Well, anyway, we'll here is it. Alec Ammons, <laughs> our student minister, joining me today. Yeah, I'll be the spot. resident Gen Z. I, okay. I'll, 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 I'll claim that. Yeah, yeah. Do you study Gen Z stuff? No. Do you have like your PhD in I, Gen Z? I have my PhD in TikTok studies. <laughs> that's, I bet I bet I, that's a legitimate thing. It probably is a thing. thing yeah. But anyway, Alec, how are you doing today? And specifically, how have you been? I'm good. It's been a while since I've been on the podcast. It has. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Good. Just enjoying. It's finally fall. I broke out the flannel today. You, you did. Uh, I, I have some. Well, I mean, kinda, yeah, we, yeah. We, okay. we planned this. For those fall, who are yeah. watching, those who are listening are like, what are you talking yeah, about? Exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, uh, Alec, man, the student ministry is doing great. Man, we're so excited <laughs> about all the ways the Lord is working through our students and our leaders, man. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's been incredible. God is really good. Yeah, and you guys have a big event coming up here here in just a few weeks, right? Yes. Costume Dodgeball. Costume That's dodgeball. not the one I was talking about, but. Yes. Well, it's a big one. It's, yeah. a, it's a huge community event. We we get a, we encourage our students to be inviting people. And it's a great push for our other big event. Now, where is Costume Dodgeball in the Bible? Can you show uh, me that, please? It's <laughs> in. Um, yeah, let's not even yeah, do that. We're not even going to And there. then the um, next big event, which if you have a teenager, they should definitely be yes, here for this, it is, is D-Now, November 10th through the 13th. It is, yeah. It's arguably the best weekend of the year. I'm, I'm a little biased. Okay. Outside of like Easter and Christmas, best weekend of the year. Yeah, now this is the first week of October, so you can still sign up, right? Absolutely, yeah. Signups will will close that week, so okay. uh, you can still sign up. Did they up. miss out on the early bird discount No, it yet? ends on Friday. I don't know when this is coming out, but it ends this Friday. Today is it's Tuesday, the t- October the this something. September. No, no, it's no it is October. It's yes. October. You don't even know your months. That's how it's, Gen no, Z. It's, it's September. It's totally September. No, Tuesday is October the 4th. See, we're recording this ahead of time. Uh, he feels like he's in the multiverse. I, I am in the multiverse. Yes. All right. Well, today we are taking a hot topic, as we always do. Love it. Then we're going to be asking, uh, answering two questions. Uh, one that is great, perfect, that we have Alec on here with us. And then I'm going to wrap up with a game. Because Alec was born in 1997. 97. Which, just right. for clarity, what, what what's your birthday? 
June 9th, 1997. So I was, I had just finished eighth grade. So that's how much older I am than you. (laughs) Makes me feel old. And uh, since he was born in the 90s and he claims to be a 90s kid, we're going to test his 90s knowledge with a game of 90s trivia. So we'll get started with our first hot take. And I think it's great that you're here for this hot take because, um, by the way, I realize my voice is different. It's great. It's it's got a game show vibe to it. I'm like into this host thing, you know? So anyway, um, is the topic of, expectation Mm. and the pressures of expectation. And I think we can talk about this uh, in general, and we can also talk about this as it relates to our teens and kids, because um, a lot of studies are showing that uh, teens, uh, 20-somethings, you know, are just feeling uh, an absolutely increased weight of expectation, leading to more mental health issues, Mm. anxiety uh, than ever before. So uh, let's just begin with the idea of expectation. Expectation is not a bad thing. No, not at all. Yeah, it's really not. I mean, I think it's okay to have expectations. And um, I think the problem becomes when those uh, expectations are unhealthy Mm. uh, or maybe even incorrect. And I do think that for uh, all of us, we kind of struggle with the idea of we need to be performing. We need to be uh, on, if you will. Um, and so kind of kind of talk about uh you're you're kind of I remember being your age way back when and um I think you feel like you have to prove yourself mm. a lot kind of t- talk a little bit about how you've walked through just these pressures of performance and 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 meeting people's standards. Yeah, I this is definitely a huge part of just my life. I grew up playing sports, uh have been played sports through college and so throughout my life not sports is not about I love sports, but throughout my life always having that like expectation of, Hey, you got to be performing in this, in this aspect of like, you, you know, you've got to, you've got to see this result on the field and you have constant pressure from, from parents to uh, coaches, to just your peers, to your own personal goals, uh, to see those expectations of you met. And, and I think sports are really good illustration of that in my life because it, you know, sports, you know, you say it stays on the field, but it just started to bleed into everything from school to friendships yeah. uh, across the board, that that idea of expectation or, or pressure from others. Yeah, absolutely. So we both preach, teach the Bible weekly. Um, and I think even, you know, I think I've grown a lot in this area, but you can feel that. You can mm. feel people's oh, yeah. expectation that it's going to be a good sermon, that you don't bore them, that you don't go too long. Obviously, I don't worry that much about that <laughs> one. But, um, you know, I, I and especially I think for me, the hardest thing is when you like, crush it, which, you know, I never use that language, but when you feel like, man, that was, mm-hmm. that was a good week, then you're like, oh man, next week's so, not yeah, going to be as the good. New bar. Yeah. That's, that's a definite, a, a definite pressure. I always explain it as like meat and potatoes. And a lot of times the meat of, of the gospel is not, it, it definitely is, and it should be, but it's not what people are, are like, oh man, that sermon was really great because he went through this passage of scripture very litigiously. It's usually like, oh, he told that really funny right. story. Yeah, yeah. And so that's always a challenge for me, especially being in, in student ministry world of, you know, I want to be engaging for our students, but I also, you know, we can't just eat potatoes. We we need uh, the meat of, of the Bible. And so uh, trying to find ways that that, that is what, you know, our students are walking away from mm-hmm. is super important, but also, yeah, we want to have fun. We want to tell cool stories and, and make it interesting. I think there are two things to come to, that come to mind for me when I think about performance, whether it be preaching, whether it be sports, whether it be whatever. One is the reality that, you know, th- there is an aspect of performing in all these things, but they're not the main thing. Mm. 
and you can't let it become the main thing. Like for preaching, like the Bible's the main thing, teaching the truth's right. the main thing. Then I'm going to work on being engaging. But the reality is if I wasn't quite as engaging as I liked to be because I was sticking to the text and sometimes some texts are just difficult to <laughs> oh, yeah. be very engaging with, I'm okay with that. The second thing is, you know, for whatever reason, the Lord has not chosen to give everyone the same level of talent. And I think we really do have to reach a place of contentment with that. But I think that's hard. Like if you're a great athlete and then you kind of hit, your, you know, you're six one and you're playing against a guy that's six six. Like at the end of the day, like the chances are he's just going to be better. Than <laughs> that's you. right. Yeah. Like he's got an advantage that doesn't make you inferior. But mm -hmm. I think that's a tough thing. Oh, for sure. And I, you know, we'll talk about nineties a, a little bit later. But yeah. uh, home improvement being the show, Wilson's always wow. looking over the fence. Wow. Yeah. You, you wow. See? And I think it's easy for us to think the grass is always greener. Yeah. Uh, in Tim Allen's that's true. backyard. That's so. a great point. Wow. Nice reference. <laughs> well, um, when we think about this specifically with our teenagers, um, what kind of pressures do we see on teenagers regarding expectation? Yeah. Um, and maybe you've been in two communities most of your ministry life, which are very um, family success-focused communities, yeah, East Cobb, sure. Atlanta, and then yeah. Niceville, Florida. Uh, kind of what do you see this and what are kind of some negatives you see regarding this? Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, especially for our, our teenagers, it is a huge, there's kind of two expectations, two pressures. There's external and there's internal. Mm, and mm. so the external really is <clears throat> flowing from those things like sports, school. Um, I was reading a, a study done by the Barna Group a couple of days ago. Um, and I'm, I'm gonna the study was done a couple of days ago? It read was, I it read it a couple of oh, okay, days ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The study was done a couple of years oh, ago. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> but it was talking about this idea of external and uh, internal uh, expectations and pressure. And so one of the biggest uh, markers was external uh, pressure by uh, the older generation and by parents that, mm, that students mm. feel of just to be successful, to mm. live up to their parents' expectations. Um, and I think especially in a family success um, location and both the locations I've been in, that's uh, a really hard uh, thing that our students walk through. Of mm -hmm. How am I managing my parents' expectations for me? Whether mm -hmm. that's what school they want mm -hmm. me to go to, what career they want me to be in. Mm -hmm. um, and then you add on top of that, the pressure of um, social media and like that, that peer pressure. Um, we were at a conference last week and this was great and like student ministry question. Awesome. But you mean you were at it two weeks ago? Yes. I was at it two weeks ago. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, back to the future is one of my favorite movies, but this time travel is really You're struggling. With yeah, 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 yeah. I am. Okay. Um, and, <laughs> um, and so we, uh, this guy was talking about Snapchat and there's this thing on Snapchat called streaks and it's what where, is Snapchat? No, I'm just kidding. So, okay, <laughs> good. I was I'm about to be worried. Maybe we should do like <laughs> yeah, a yeah. 2000 yeah, yeah. Um, but they, uh, they were talking about this idea of the these streaks and there's a lot of pressure to keep these going. And they had oh, all wow, the students yeah. close their eyes and it was like, how many of you are part of a Snapchat, Snapchat streak? That's a hard alliteration. Yeah. Uh, and they, everybody raised their hands. Snapchat streak. Thing. I didn't Snap. think it was that hard, but you well, know. you know, you're anyway. just, they, this is the talent. Thing. Yeah. We'll go right. back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then with everybody's eyes closed, they ask how many of you wish you could, get out of it. Wow. And oh, everybody raised their hand. Oh my god. And goodness. so there's this, there is this pressure yeah. uh, that social media puts yeah. on students yeah. uh, just to exist in a world that uh, they're constantly posting yeah. and updating with this 
very bro, false sense of life. Bro, I cannot imagine what it would have been like for me with the pressures I was already wrestling with as a teenager, having social media as a part of it. Yeah. And my children, you know, who uh, my oldest is about to be 14, they're not allowed to have social media. Mm-hmm. So like, we don't even fully get to see kind of how kids are struggling with this. And honestly, I would encourage most of our parents, if you do social media, to be heavily restricted regarding yes. that. But kind of kind of speak to that a little more, like how that is adding uh, more pressure because I think it's a lot of work to kind it of create is. this image, right? Yeah, and and I think we often talk about technology as a tool, and it is it's a great tool for for students to use, for us to use through communication. Uh, but ultimately, it is uh, it's a platform where you can create an image, um, and the reality is is ninety percent of uh, you know your students or or just teenagers in general, even your use of social media is consumption. Yeah, and so you are consuming. Uh, a lot of what other people are putting right. out there. Right. And so that consumption immediately leads yeah. to comparison. Right. Of, right. Am I meeting That's that good. expectation? Uh, yeah. Whereas, you know, the, the other 10% is the actual yeah. creators who are, who are doing the, the work to giving us. Yeah. You said something that, you know, I think is key comparison. I always say is the enemy of contentment. Like mm-hmm. contentment is a scriptural yeah. virtue. And I think comparison is the enemy of that. And I think that's why specifically as Christian parents, and then as the Christian community, the more we can do to, you know, kind of help our children, uh, help our young people see their identity in Christ. Um, and, you know, that God's desire is not for them to be whoever else it may be. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's to um, be who God's called them to be. And, yeah. and and I think like for us who are older, like we don't understand like, yeah, there was the phrase keeping up with the Joneses or mm-hmm. whatever, but now it's like keeping up with the Joneses and keeping up with blah, 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 <laughs> yeah. keeping up with Subway TikTok. Guy. That's like, right. Subway TikTok. All guy. those guys. Um, I, th- I think a couple things as a, as a parent and then as a you know Christian leader that I think are important to me is really um, helping people steer away from busyness mm-hmm. uh, to the sense that there's got to be time to rest. Remember who God is. Remember who we are. Enjoy just, hey, I don't love you for what we do together. You know, I just like you. And I think even as a staff, like we have to build an intentional time where it's like, hey, we just – because typically we're talking about work, right? Like, and you and I, I think about it, like I like you a lot, but so much – we're both busy doing stuff with other people that we don't have a lot of time to just, hey – I like you, Alec. Yeah. You know, you like, I hope you like me, you know, so oh, yeah. do you? I do. Okay. I like you. Validation. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and then, but, but that, that needed time. And then I think mm-hmm. another thing, and I talked about this on social media not too long ago, ironically, but is, man, a child does not have to have their one thing figured out yeah. by 18 or 22 or like 12 now, like that is unhealthy. Yes. And I feel like there in this community specifically, it's like, find your one thing. Are you a football player? Mm-hmm. Are you a basketball player? Are you a ballerina? Are you a cheerleader? Are you a science nerd? Like that, our identity is Christ. Yes. So A, I'm not saying like you can't love doing something, yeah. right? Like, but the ultimate view of that is it's a tool for the kingdom of God. And I think we put an unhealthy uh, pressure on children to find that thing. Yes. I, I think that that's so true. Uh, you know, being a sports guy growing up in the sports world, like that's a huge expectation of like, you know, you're going to be in this thing. And from kindergarten to 12th grade, you're going to be the best tennis player in the world. And the reality is, is a little pro tip if you want your students to do well in sports, but, uh, <laughs> the best athletes played every sport right. and they, they didn't Most have, of them, yes, yeah, they right, didn't yeah. have their one thing. And I think that that is so crucial for us to remember is like, it's, it, 
there's so much pressure yeah. uh, for students just to be successful and to do yeah. anything. And uh, that comparison that happens through um, online. And then that goes to the internal pressure of like, right. they want, they want to be the best. And there's not a formula, you know, to yeah. get uh, of success for each child. I mean, there are things that are helpful. And I do think I, I, you know, these are my peers. A lot of parents, like they start to invest, like, hey, we put our kid in travel soccer. We mm -hmm. put our kid in travel basketball or baseball or, you know, whatever dance it is at five. And then by the time they're 13 and they're starting to get burned out by it. Now we've invested so much time and energy. They better get a scholarship yeah. for this. You know, like. When I would, I'd say too, like most teenagers adults don't ever say, I wish my parents would have put me in more travel sports. Right. They say, I wish I would have been more discipled as a, as right. a kid. Yeah. So. I wish we would have just hung out together yeah. more. So I think that's important. And I think, you know, one thing that's really big is what are we celebrating in our children? Mm -hmm. What is celebrated is repeated. And I don't, you know, I keep talking about parent relationship just because that's the world I live in, but it's also like if we're discipling people, you yeah. know, our, our staff, like what are we celebrating? I don't know if you remember, but you know, not too long ago, we're, I mean, dude, things are going great in our church, but I was like intentional, like at our staff meeting to say like, that's not, like why we do this, yeah. right? Like that's awesome, but God's still good even if yeah, this isn't right. happening. Um, and I think we really have to make sure like we are tied to our identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. And I love one of my favorite passages of scripture, Luke chapter 10, verse 20. By the way, I always say one of my favorite passages of scripture. <laughs> I love so much of it. But the disciples go out and they, they, they do all kinds of great works. They're casting out demons. They're seeing great work. And they come back and they're like, Jesus, we did what you said we could do. And he's like, you're right. Like I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And then he says this. He says, but nevertheless, do not rejoice that demons are subject in your name, but rejoice that your name is in the book of life. Amen. That's good. And I'm like, man, that's our joy. Like that's our joy right. is that Jesus Christ purchased us with his blood because he wanted to. Mm -hmm. Like- he saw us that valuable. And I think like that has to be our identity. Any, any closing thoughts on this youth guy? Yeah, I, I just, for, you know, if you're a parent, I would just continue to have those conversations with your student about how, you know, they are struggling with social media. You know, if you've got younger kids, go on ahead and be, uh, it's really easy for us just to let the students be smarter about the technology, but that's just so, that it's such an external pressure. Uh, I think it's just so important that we be up, up and moving about what, what our, uh, students and kids are engaged in. Well, th this conversation kind of bleeds naturally into our two questions. The first one being, uh, what challenges are teens facing today? So you have spoken to some of those, but what other challenges would you add are, are things that we all need to be aware of for prayer, yeah. for support, you know, that our teens are facing today? I think, I think the biggest one, uh, right now it, it's kind of a hot topic. It's fortunate we're doing that, um, is just, there is a societal pressure of, uh, that is very counter Christian. Mm, um, mm. and so I think we are constantly, uh, being called by, uh, the Bible. I think Jesus illustrates this very clearly in his ministry of being countercultural. And we're, you know, if you look at the Romans and the Greeks, Christ's message is very countercultural to, right. to that world. And I think we're seeing so much more societally, whether it's a sexual revolution, mm -hmm. whether it's uh, just in, in schools, how people view Christianity. I think for our students that are faithfully trying to follow Jesus, that is that is the biggest thing. And really, students who are trying to discover Jesus for the first time, that is some one of the hardest things that they're dealing with. Yeah, something I've noticed, you know, of those who are probably around my age and older with, you know, the sexual revolution, LGBTQ plus 
TI, mm-hmm. you know, all yeah. that. And I don't mean that derogatory. Um, is even from from a secular perspective, a lot of people are like, ah, this is going too far. Um, you know, but but I think a lot of younger people are really buying into Yeah, a hundred percent. Are you seeing that even amongst those who are part of the church? Absolutely. I think it's it is a constant wrestling of this person is my friend. This person has value. And I think that there has been a uh, a line drawn in the sand of as a Christian, we can't see them as valuable, mm. which we can. Mm. We're we're called to love mm. and and love like Christ loved. And um love doesn't mean accept beliefs. Right. Um, and I think that that is where the the lines have blurred for yeah. for our young people is there's just it there is a separation of uh love and acceptance. Yeah. If you think about it, you know, if we're talking about teens are facing, you know, a greater lack of validation than they've ever felt. And then they have a few friends who they feel validated by yes. whom happen to be of this mindset. They're going to be even, it's going to be even more challenging for them to say, Hey, I don't agree with you. Uh, even if they do not agree with him because they're losing another friend that validates yeah. them. And so that's, that's tough. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's, it's something we need to be aware of. And I think, uh, you know, for church leaders, for, pa- for parents, all that, we need to not be so cold about the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really that was a problem probably 20, 30 years ago yeah. in the church majorly that, uh, there was just kind of this, um, really like picking on that because mm-hmm. it was so uncommon. Uh, amongst the church. So it was easy to pick on and get people to rally again, you know, around you. But then the preacher wouldn't be as passionate about money, you know, because everybody's right. like, oh, that's us. You know? <laughs> um, so I think, and I do think that's something when a pastor will constantly pick on certain cultural things outside the church, but not judge those inside the church, he's actually not doing what the scripture says, yeah, according to first Corinthians. Right. But, um, okay. So what else, what other challenges are you seeing our teens facing? I think just biblical literacy, mm. like really mm. having a uh, understanding of what the Bible is, what the Bible says. And I think that is due in a large part just to um, a lack of focus and a lack of discipleship. And, uh, you know, we, we, so we, I've got students that'll be like, Hey, can you help me like find this book in the Bible? And yeah. I'm like, you go to the table of contents. Cause I'm not really sure either, yeah. but, <laughs> um, but I, I think you guys didn't get taught the song. That's Genesis, right. Exodus, Levitic. I don't know that song yeah. actually, cause I didn't grow up in church, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but I think just having those conversations of, you know, how can like actually just doing Bible study, right. I think as a parent, like showing your student, your kid, how you read your Bible, uh, Showing them here is just some questions whenever you approach a passage. I think a lot of students, it's this big, thick, dense book that is uh, more boring than TikTok. And yeah. so making it relatable mm-hmm. because it, it, it you don't even have to make it, but just showing that it is mm-hmm. relatable and continually speaking. Yeah. What a challenging thing, you know, when we want our children and our young people in the church to grab a passion for the word and maybe we personally aren't that passionate yeah. about it. You know, I mean, I'm not awesome, so I don't say this because I'm not, but man, I love the word. And so when we, I listen to the word, you know, every morning on the way to school with my three older kids and, um, you know, when they're kind of zoned out or whatever, I'm like, guys, this is just a treasure. And I don't, you know, they know, and I'm listening and like, I'm absorbing and I'm, it's, it's genuine, you know? So I would say like, first and foremost, like the best way that we're going to equip our teens, you know, is by us having that same passion for the Mm -hmm. word, um, 
And then I think we've seen, you know, and, and these scripture, one verse scripture memorization programs aren't bad, but we are seeing kind of the error of that yeah, now. for sure. That we haven't really taught kids what the word is and how to study the word. Yeah. And then we rewarded them with candy for memorizing a verse that they then forgot the next week. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> that that's just not the best uh, discipleship method. Yeah. Let's just be real. <laughs> yeah. Temporary success doesn't mean long-term faith. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I think... Uh, and the other part of this, which is, you know, it's easy to talk about the negatives of, of here's a challenge, but when a student is passionate about the word, when they are, when you can see that the the seed starting to sprout of mm. faith in their life, where they are just having this vibrant relationship with the Lord, my goodness, it is so powerful. And it, mm. and what happens is, is one student and it just, it, it grows from there into their peers and it grows outward. Mm. Um, That's good. And I, I just, that, that is why it's so important mm. is because one, the Bible is so relevant, even more relevant. And uh, I just, as students begin to develop that, we always tell them that they are not the the church of tomorrow, but they're the mm-hmm. church of today. Right. They, yeah. they, they are going to, they're going to carry the keys into the future, mm-hmm. but they have the keys right now. And so, uh, you know, we, we have our student crew and um, yeah, we at, Five o'clock on Wednesdays, the ones that can make it early, we just walk through what it means to be a, a spiritual leader, what it mm. means to to you know feed themselves before they feed others. And it's just been this really fruitful time where we can talk about Jesus and we're seeing that flow f- into the rest of our church, whether that's kids ministry or our uh, our student mm. ministry as well. And so uh, this is it's also encouraging when we yeah, do see that. I agree. I and I would say we see you know and we're not the only church, but just a hunger for the word from yes, some of our students absolutely. and a hunger to serve. Uh, so that's an awesome thing. Well, I'm going to transition to our second question. Uh, and it kind of relates to all this as well. Is America a post Christian nation? Mm. Um, and I think that this came from uh, something someone saw on the internet, an article about how we're post secular. Um, and so I'll kind of start with uh are, were we ever really a Christian nation? <laughs> and that's a huge debate, right? Yeah. You know, obviously there were those who came and settled here because they wanted freedom of religion. And when they wanted freedom of religion, they specifically wanted freedom of their expression and practice yes. of Christianity. So that group was not saying, hey, you can believe whatever you want to believe. They were saying, we want a society that's built upon, you know, mm-hmm. not under the oppression of the Church of England or the Catholic Church. Right. And so, uh, which, you know, that had kind of come from the Reformation as well. And so I think instantly, though, that created uh, with it um, those who wanted freedom from religion, period, you know, and even some of the great founders who are often cro- quoted as Christians were not really Christians. I mean, Thomas Jefferson being one of the greatest examples. And if you want to argue with me about that, he wrote his own Bible, the Jeffersonian Bible. So a dude doesn't do that unless he's got a serious God it's complex, true. right? So, Very true. Um, so I think like this issue has been an, in debate secularization versus, you know, Christian nation since Mm -hmm. the beginning of time, uh, uh, well, America's time. And so um, I think, you know, we need to recognize that. And what we have seen take place several times throughout the course of history is when America went way away from uh, kind of the Bible, uh, there would be these great revivals Mm -hmm. that would take place. And that would lead to a political correction. But the, the issue is those didn't actually start from the government. And I think often we're looking to try and, you know, um, regulate and make policy that, that kind of says, hey, we're going to be a Christian nation. And the church, church is, you know, kind of given up their responsibility to yeah. the government. Um, 
So secularism, and this is maybe where you can chime in as well, uh, really did in the early 1900s um, begin to be on the rise. And there became this idea that uh, America was not really going to need and the West was not going to need God. Uh, kind of pinnacle of this is 50s or so, um, you know, and tied to that is kind of the, the success that was coming out of World War II. Um, but uh, what we have seen actually uh, is that America is more spiritual than ever. The West is more spiritual than ever. And I would say, you know, a lot of um, younger people may not be Christian, but they're definitely uh, not atheist. Yeah. You know, they're, they're nuns, <laughs> but that doesn't mean they don't believe in God. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, this next generation and young people in particular are, hungry for actual truth. Yeah. Um, and truth being such a central debate all the right. time in, in you know, modern news media or just yeah. modern conversation. Um, and I think that we are poised in this more spiritual America to um, tell what the truth actually right. is. That's good. Um, and I just, I think that that is, that's just an ever present need and, um, it's exciting. Yeah. So what, what I see taking place is we have moved away from some of the traditional conservative American mm -hmm. values uh, with a very diversified country over the last 50 years or so. Um, and we do see, you know, some of that changing. We certainly have seen um, less people proclaiming to be Christians. But here's what I would argue. A lot of those we're not really Christians in the first place. You know, Islam is taking over many parts of the world, not by actual conversion, but by forcing people to identify yeah. as Muslim. And I'm not saying there aren't legit Muslims as well, but um, I think America followed that a little more. And now we just see more honesty about where people yeah, stand. For sure. Um, but as you pointed out, I do think that this, I mean, Jesus is always wanting us <laughs> to be on mission. This is a prime mission field right now because yes. there is such a question about what is truth. I'm actually preaching, shameless plug, a sermon called What is Truth in just a few weeks Good. about Pilate basically saying, hey, what is truth? You yeah. know? Um, and so I think that uh, people are much more willing uh, – well, I would say this. I think people, because of prosperity, don't care often that much. But the people who do care are much more open to actually digging to see what is true. Would yeah. you affirm that? Absolutely. 100%. Good. Because I'm your boss's boss. So you should <laughs> affirm. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, I think we kind of tackled those questions. So I think it's time to have a little fun. Come not on. that I'm not having fun already. Let's do it. So um, I got a lot of questions here about the 90s, Mr. 90s kid. So we're going to lose my 90s card. You're going to take it from me. I Where is the card? You I, know, I might take it. I noticed I'm repping a coffee shop. You're repping yeah. a coffee. We need a we need like Starbucks, MJ's Place, yeah, we can, Duncan, you know, right here. We're searching for sponsorships, right? Yeah, we, <laughs> we are. We're still in need of those. Still haven't had any takers in almost two years yeah, so, you know. or over two years. But all right. So in the 90s, yep. uh, young Alec, uh, hey, the, the the economy started booming. This is, you know why the economy started booming in the 90s, right? Yeah, for sure. Why? I, Y2K. I don't know. No, no. Come on, man. The internet. Oh, yes. The, the internet. World Wide Web. Yes, the internet. So we're not off to a good start here. Yeah. So, but there was a president throughout that who kind of takes credit for it. But really, the truth is, I always say he was taking credit for Bill Gates and Steve Jobs' economy. Oh, goodness. Who was that president from 92 to 2000? 92 to 2000. Is it, is it George W. Bush? Oh, my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's Bill Clinton. So Bill Clinton. Bill, right? Bill Clinton. He was my second guess. When you said 2000, Lewinsky, it really threw me. I do know about oh, okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, right. All right. That was before your time. I'm a history major. That's bad. That I should have bad. gotten That's that. That's like recent history. I know. <laughs> okay. I was All more right. early American. Still but. 0 for 2. Okay. This one's tough. Today, we, we know that minimum wage is about to go up to $15 an yeah. hour is effectively about $15 an hour in most places. For most of the 1990s, what was minimum wage? I remember what minimum wage was when I was growing up. It was like seven twenty five. Yeah. So I'm just gonna round down a little bit to five thirty. Four twenty five. Wow. Yeah. It had just went up to like four five fifteen when I started working when I was in high school. That's crazy. Four twenty five. Can you imagine? I I can't actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um okay. There was a famous murder trial in the 1994-1995 okay. of a celebrity yes. who took the country by storm. Who was that celebrity? OJ. OJ Simpson. OJ, right. absolutely. White okay. Bronco. That's my next question. <laughs> yes, I'm proud of you. Good job. So oh, yeah. I was going to ask what vehicle he I miss Bill Clinton, but I got OJ Simpson. So, so there was a uh, toy that, I mean, it was so hard to purchase one of these toys. You, you know, it's a cheap toy, but it ended up selling mm. for hundreds of dollars. But a lot of people actually thought it was had a computer in it. It was spying on you. So there's controversy about that little furry toy what was it called it was the furby the furby and that came back like it did it did ago. come back i actually i had a furby in the early 2000s okay. my brothers were born in the early earlier 90s does so. ashley call you furby you're a little furby no i you know she has not i do call her squirrel we learned that in okay, a sermon did, a couple yeah. a couple of months ago yeah. but uh yeah, she hasn't, not Furby. Okay, all right. This is not an invitation, yes, honey. Yes, yes. <laughs> Some of you are reliving your childhood right now. Okay. Complete this song lyric. Oh, goodness. It's a secular song. You've got to blank just to make it today. Oh, that's all I get? You've got to blank just to make it today. Secular song. Yep. Okay. I'm just going to work. Pray. you got to wow. pray just to make. Do you know who sang it? No, I, do, I don't even know the song. He also saying you can't touch this. Oh, MC Hammer. MC Hammer. It's good. Thank you. Thank I you. don't. I've never heard of that that song. You got to pray just to make it today. No. Oh man, yeah, it was a rap I, song. There's only one MC Hammer song. You know, so. I loved MC Hammer. <laughs> did go you have ninja, the pants? Go ninja, go. I did have the pants. Those haven't made a comeback, have they? In uh, the '90s stuff. They. They '90s is on its way back in. Yeah. '80s was there for a little bit. Yeah. It's going back to the '90s, but. There was like a jogger phase where they yeah. they sort of had the the parachute pants style. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I still have some of those. Okay. <laughs> um they were really colorful and you could roundhouse kick someone real easily in those. I'm about it. Okay. What pop sensation band sang Wannabe? Female group? Mm -hmm. Spice Girls? Yes, yes, man. You're, you're Woo, doing pretty come on. well. My mom raised me right. <laughs> Los Del Rio had a big hit. They're a one-hit wonder. And this song became the dance crave of the 90s. Los Del Rio. Los Del Rio. Man, I'm trying to think of dance crazes in the 90s. There is only one that stands out above all the rest. Oh, my gosh. I, have, I actually have no idea. The Macarena. Oh my goodness. Can you do the that, Macarena? I can. That was the number one song when I was born. He's doing the Macarena for all of those there who are go. listening. Yep. Wow, yes. This is the Macarena. Oh, you right shake there. the hips. Hey, there you Macarena. Go. <laughs> all right. Number one song when I was born. I can't believe I missed that one. The year you were born, the first billion dollar movie ever. Titanic. Yes. Come on. Yes. Come okay. on with it. All right. Near I'm, far, wherever you are. I've never seen Titanic. I. 
have seen most of Titanic. Okay. I, there was, your I parents had, covered your eyes for the one part. For the one part. And actually, yeah. I, I was watching it at college, and I was on staff at the college and okay. I had a situation as the movie was ending. So I, does the boat sing? I have no idea. I, <laughs> I, I missed that part. I think it did. And the band played on and the band they played did. on. What was the name of the teacher who was actively involved in the life of all his students in Boy Meets World? Oh, I know Boy Meets World too. I, I have no idea. Oh. No clue. And I know that show. You forgot about Mr. Feeney. Mr. Mr. Feeney. Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. I was watching reruns of that in the, the mid 2000s. Who was the star character of Family Matters? Urkel. Urkel. Okay, Urkel. Good. Yes. good. I was kind of worried you wouldn't know that. I feel like I'm getting more of the early 90s and yeah, less of you the are, later actually, 90s. That is interesting. Before you were live, what group of. Oh, wait. <laughs> What show was center, centered around the coffee shop Central Perk? Oh, that's Friends. Oh, I was going to say, what group of Friends? What group of Friends was <laughs> Do you know any of their names? Uh, Phoebe Chandler. Mm, nope. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I wanted to say Dennis. But it's not <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> uh, Rachel. Yes, Phoebe Chandler, Rachel. We got three more. Joey. Joey, four out of six. Um, and then the brother and sister. It's not Matt. Matt is not... <laughs> No. Uh, man, I'm gonna I don't know. I don't know the other two. Pointing at me. James? No, Ross. 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 Ross and Monica. and Monica. Yes. So a lot of people would say they're either a friends fan or a show that came on about the same time. Uh period. You know, kind of ended a little before it. This show about nothing. Show about nothing. Yeah. Oh my goodness. If you grew up in the 90s. The show about nothing. A show Napoleon about nothing. Dynamite is a movie about nothing. Seinfeld. Uh, oh my goodness. It's so the much show better. show about nothing. That oh is, I, I recently watched all of Seinfeld and I that, feel. Literal, little do you know, I typically watch Seinfeld to fall asleep at night. It is incredible. It so is. much better than Friends. A lot less appropriate than I thought when I was a kid. Also true. My parents let me watch it though. So um, that's a whole nother boggy talk. All right. We got a few more. We're moving on to Christian stuff from the nineties. I, this is not going to go well for me. Okay. I know you know who sang Jesus freak, right? DC talk. As of August, I learned that and <laughs> as of August, I heard that song for the first time. So name one member of the band DC talk. There's DC and then there's talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You got Toby Mac. Okay, I do know that guy. Yeah, Kevin, I don't know the other guy. Michael Tate. Anyway, okay. There was a book series about the end times that caught the world by storm and also funded much of Liberty University. <laughs> what is the name of that book series? Um, book series about the end times. Yes. Is it... Um, it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel <laughs> it is, fine. It is not. <laughs> that was a song by... Wham, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that was a song by R.E.M. So uh, I, I'll help you. They did a movie of this in the very late 90s, 99, 2000, starring Kirk Cameron, which if it's 90s and yeah. it's Christian, it's got to be Kirk Cameron, right. right? And then Nicolas Cage did a remake of this. I am not lying. National Treasure. I <laughs> <laughs> Left Behind. Left behind. This is I, this is the first time I'm hearing. I this. would argue that many Christians base their theology more on what Left Behind taught than what <laughs> than the Book of Revelation teaches. Okay, <laughs> okay. three more. Fill fill in the blank. 
True love blank waits. Yes. Yep. I know that. Yeah, it's a youth pastory thing. I got to okay. know about that It was that still one. hanging on when you started? Oh, yeah. I got. Okay. I, I have to know about it. We that. don't do the big true love waits thing anymore, no. do we? Okay. No. Uh, I kissed blank goodbye. Dating. Yes. Yep. Wow. That's wow. more wow. youth ministry. Okay. Um, and then what was the name of the album that compiled all of the Christian hits for the year starting in 1998? Now that's what I call Christian music. Close. Wow. Wow. That's what I call Christian music. Yeah, yeah. I was I got most of it. Yeah. So now was the like secular oh my version goodness. and Christians have to up it. Right. So it can't be now. It has it to be, has to be wow. wow. And speaking of wow, wow, it was great to have it you was on great to be Talk here this week. I hope you'll join us again Absolutely. sometime Anytime. soon. I like sitting at this this small table with a microphone. All right. And uh, Justin will be back with me next week. And we hope to see you again on Boggy Talk. <laughs>